This is Crystal Escobar, episode number 23, Sean Tells All. Welcome to the Wannabe Balanced Podcast, encouraging you to become the best version of yourself as you strive for balance in motherhood and business. Self-made millionaires, Sean and Crystal Escobar, will help you discover your passion and offer valuable insight into how you can make your dreams come true. And now your host, author, blogger, YouTuber, and wannabe balanced mom, Crystal Escobar. Hi, everyone. Okay, so I have Sean here with me, and he told me just a second ago that he has a lot to say. So (laughs) I am going to just briefly introduce this episode, and I'm going to turn the time over to him. Uh, Before we get started, though, I wanted to share a quick review from Morian. She says, Crystal is amazing. And Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Morian. She I says... did not say and Sean. <laughs> she says, I love how open, honest, and real Crystal is. She is inspiring and genuine. It's refreshing to listen to someone being so vulnerable and brave, sharing their thoughts, hopes, and dreams through their journey of this thing we call life. Thank you so much. And I wanted you all to know what... Over to share a review. Okay, Sean has a review. I just have a little review I'd like to read here from someone, Mark, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sean is hot and amazing, and he's really smart and especially good looking. That's a good review. Sean gets great reviews. <laughs> he gets good ones too. But I wanted to um, let you know that the best way you can support us is by leaving us re- a review on iTunes. You can actually do it directly from the podcast app. It just really helps us with iTunes to become more relevant um, within the iTunes uh, podcast sphere. So, um, and don't forget to donate and donate <laughs> to our cause. <laughs> but, um, but also I'm giving, I'm, I want to send out gifts to people who take the time to send me a review. So, um, Morian, email me at crystal at escoweb.net. Your email me your address and I'm going to have a gift I want to send you. So, all right. To, um, briefly introduce what we're going to talk about today is, I mean, this uh, the la- this season has just been all about so far it's been all about our faith transition and kind of the um, revealing what's really going on with us um, spiritually and what our beliefs are our new beliefs are and all that so this is a completely unexpected this has been completely unexpected we had no idea that this was ha- going to happen to us and so we just we just want to share our journey, our spiritual journey. Um, and I know a lot of you are wondering like what Sean thinks about all this. And so that's why I'm going to give him the opportunity to share it all. Also kind of, um, the initial conversation that we had with each other about it. And it was, like I said, it was about, well, actually I think it started about four years ago. Um, Sean and I were fighting a lot about religion and we had a lot of arguments and I had all these high expectations of, the person I thought he was supposed to be and, um, in the religion. And I put a lot of pressure on him, I realized, but over time I got to a place of, of acceptance and I just became so accepting of Sean and who he was and, and, and allowing him to be on his own spiritual journey, whatever it may be. And can I just, yeah. Can I just say that we weren't fighting about anything doctrinal. We weren't fighting about, anything in terms of commandments we were just fighting about almost like my 
my view on the church culturally. And Crystal just thought you are being negative and critical and you this has to stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I just eventually I just let it go and I stopped um having such expectations of him to um to be a certain way in with as far as his attitude goes. And like he said, it was just really about his attitude, about going to church and just the things that he um didn't agree with. But um so over time I got to a place of just acceptance and it was good. We had everything was great and um, and then I was kind of on my own spiritual journey, trying to figure things out, like I explained in the previous episodes. And then, um, but initially the way I um, came to Sean, I was the one that actually came to him about my um, lack of belief. And I think initially Sean was a little surprised because I basically, one day on our date, we were just conversing and I just kind of told him, you know what, I don't think I really believe this anymore. And I remember Sean just kind of silent, sitting there, just thinking, taking it all in, I guess. And and I was a little worried, too. I was thinking, well, wait, is he worried about me? So I remember saying, are you worried about me? And he was like, no. But he, I could tell there was a lot of thoughts going on in his mind. And that's where I want Sean to kind of take over from here and kind of explain what happened at that point. Yeah, thanks, Crystal. I I had a lot of concerns for years about the culture, cultural issues, political issues, um, administrative issues, things that I just didn't agree with about the church. I wasn't overly vocal about these things, but so Crystal knew this. But when she, but she was always so faithful. She was always just doing everything by the book and doing it right. And when she says that I didn't want to, uh, that I wouldn't go to church. I, it's not so much that I wouldn't go. I just didn't enjoy it. I just wasn't feeling uplifted. And I just, I just wasn't feel, feeling like it was fitting. I just didn't feel like I fit anymore. It was weird. Um, anyway, Crystal came to me and said this. She said, uh, I don't think I believe it anymore. And I was like, <laughs> I, first I was kind of like, what? Like that just doesn't even make sense. That's not possible. So she's right. I think I was kind of just shocked and I didn't know what to say to that. And I think at that point, I just, I just sincerely said, well, kind of show me what you found or show me what you're, you know, what caused you to, to have this sudden change. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's kind of where this all started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she brought it to me. I mean, I just thought I'm going to live a life of, you know, discomfort. I'm just going to, you know, and that's okay. Just suck it up. Huh? Yeah. I just suck it up for the marriage and suck it up for the kids, but. Anyway, before I go into my thoughts, I want to share a disclaimer here. Um, if you fear you have, you might have a weak testimony of your Mormon faith, then do us both a favor and don't listen to what I'm about to say. Um, I thought my testimony was solid, like 100-year oak tree solid. I looked at I was willing to look at things. Um, I read the CES letter in 2013. Um, I was just open to such things. And so back then, 2013, I would say that it caused some questions, but I just had such a strong testimony that I just figured, you know, I'll just move on from this. Um, you can see where this has led me today. I can promise you that nothing, nothing is harder then when your faith crumbles before your eyes, um, personally, I believe 
that is the absolute truth. I believe, um, I believe in truth. Uh, Apostle J. Reuben Clark said, if we have truth, it cannot be harmed by investigation. If we have not truth, it ought to be harmed. Let me say that again. He said, if we have truth, it cannot be harmed by investigation. If we have not truth, it ought to be harmed. Um, people have said, why can't you just allow others to live the faith and, and why can't you just be quiet? And I really genuinely feel that I can't. I feel that there's too many people that are hurting. Uh, too many people are suffering in silence like I once was. You'd have to uh, know my entire story to fully understand how I feel. Also, um, I, I felt a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. Just overall, I haven't fit for so long and it's just caused a lot of confusion. Um, a lot of shame and guilt. Also, you must understand that this is me being quiet. This. Me sharing what I'm about to share. This is a quiet Sean. And for those of you that know me, you know that that's the truth. Uh, this is Crystal and I doing it respectfully. Otherwise, I would go public and lamb blast the faith for everything I now know about the history, doctrine, cover-ups, cover archaeological, scientific, uh, historical discrepancies. And there's not just a few. Um, layers upon layers, thousands of layers deep, and people do not have a clue. What if you married someone and they never divulged secrets about their past, secrets that might have a profound impact on how you view the relationship, or if you even want a relationship with them at all? Would you not ask the question, what do I not know about? Active LDS people should thank me for not publicly exposing each and every issue that I'm aware of. But, but Sean, none of that matters because I had a spiritual manifestation. Well, so did I. I had one. I bet you mine was equally or even more powerful than, than even yours. I believed that God parted the clouds and sent down a historic tornado in downtown Salt Lake City in 1999 just for little old me. Even beyond a burning in the bosom, I had a full-blown sign. How do you think I was able to serve an honorable mission for two years and remain faithful for 20 adult years, even though I never did feel like I fit. And so much of what I was aware of did not align with my personal and, and my inherent ideology. We do what our parents did, period. Even as a kid, it didn't make sense to me. So I'm Mormon because mom and dad are Mormon. I serve a mission because my siblings did. It, it never did feel quite right. It never did feel like I was, you know, the master of my own destiny. Crystal, a few weeks ago, she was desiring to let everybody know about this decision that, that uh, she'd made. And she was feeling inauthentic, mainly because she didn't want to post pictures of herself in short sleeve shirts or shorter skirts and so forth and have people judge her, uh, as some Mormon people do, for not having her garments on. And she felt very in inauthentic. And I didn't want to go public with the information because I, for one thing, I didn't want to hurt my mom. <laughs> um, for another, I, uh, I was worried about how people might treat my kids. Um, and 
for another, I wanted to have some credibility around this whole experience under our belt. Um, Mormon people truly believe that your life, your marriage, your kids, your income, it will all fall apart if you leave the church. I believed that when I was an active member of the church. So I wanted to have some real-life evidence to offer hope to people like us. I wanted to have some some time under our belts. But Crystal being Crystal, she she just couldn't hold it back anymore, and she was it was just killing her. <laughs> so one day I came home from Oliver's soccer tournament, and surprise, um, Crystal told the world. <laughs> so this is, you know, and she, she was kind of like, what? Uh, three months is, is long enough. <laughs> but what could I do? Um, Crystal is her own person. So I quickly sent her to a house of hiding to repent. <laughs> which is an inside joke now. If you, any of you are watching the documentary called Escaping Polygamy, um, it's pretty eye-opening, and I, I encourage all of you to watch that. It's on the Lifetime channel, Escaping Polygamy. Anyways, uh, I listened to Crystal's announcement uh, on her podcast, and I was really impressed, and I was really proud of her, how she shared that. Uh, I don't completely agree 100% with her take on things, but what I do know is that uh, she truly believes what she said. She did uh, just a beautiful job of of conveying how she truly feels. The majority of the feedback we received for, for Crystal was supportive. Um, I mean, how many people out there reached out to us and said, you know, I feel the same, I feel the same, I feel the same. It was it was just mind-boggling how many. I mean, for three days, it was just like, boom, like, a, like a, you know, like overflowing. Mm-hmm. Um One lady sent something to Crystal, essentially shaming her for her personal life choices. Kind of reminded me of that redhead biatch in the movie The Help. What? I can can say that now. You did start with the disclaimers. (laughs) Just, you know, this, what, that this person, uh, you know, the, 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 the actress in The Help that wouldn't let the maid use her own, her toilet. Anyway, this, this was just a cruel and hurtful comment. And that's the way that I saw it. Uh, It's the only way I could see it. And you'll always have one or two of those types of people in every neighborhood or every ward, just snooty, uppity, self-righteous type people. They use the local ward level to perpetuate their their high school glory days, you know, when they were all that. They form cliques. They gossip, just like they did in high school. Um, well, this, this kind of lit a fire under me because it's just one of the many things that I have noticed that is so wrong about the LDS culture. So I went public too, not out of spite, but because even though I'm no longer a member, I still hope for so much needed change for my loved ones who probably will remain in the faith. Um, Also, I saw how many people reached out to Crystal and thanked her and, you know, again, basically telling her they felt the same way for so long but there's nothing they can do about it, that they feel trapped. In fact, I've had many people reach out to me, even former mission companions, and say that they can't go public. They can't let people know how they feel, that they've been mentally checked out for years and years and years. Do you know what happens to a lot of people who just want to leave the club, so to speak? Crystal and I are really lucky because we're doing this together and we have loving families, but in a lot of situations, spouses will threaten to terminate the relationship. 
Neighbors label you evil. They won't associate with you, some of them. Some of them won't even allow their kids to play with your kids anymore. There's also work-type politic issues where employers, uh, you know, present a problem or coworkers present a problem or colleagues or clients present a problem and you can't be honest with those people. You feel you literally cannot because you can't lose their business or lose that association. Some members will not allow you to explain your reasons. And this is the thing that I found the most is we feel misunderstood. And that's why platforms like this are so meaningful and so helpful. Members will say they don't want to know the reasons you left. Sadly, not knowing the truth, they go about filling in the blanks themselves. And then some even spread gossip about you. Common themes like, you know, they wanted to party. They wanted to to just drink alcohol. Uh, There was infidelity. You know, Sean cheated on her or whatever. Uh, You know, Crystal just didn't want to wear her garments anymore. Uh, they, they just wanted to drink coffee as if we would trade our eternal salvation for a, uh, for Starbucks. <laughs> um, there's the gay issue, obviously, uh, you know, oh, they left because, you know, they probably had a gay relative and, uh, they just felt, you know, torn there. And sometimes that's true. I must say that Crystal and, and thousands of others can attest You don't realize how immensely strong the indoctrination is until you are on the outside looking back and then you go, oh my gosh, how did we do that for so long? 20 adult years for us. From a doctrinal point of view, you are truly not allowed to leave. Non-LDS friends are like, what's the big deal? You know, people that don't belong to the church are like, what's the big deal? You you can decide not to participate. Just decide not to participate. I changed churches three times last year. (laughs) But Mormon people have a saying. They say about people like us, oh, sure, you can leave the church, but you can never leave it alone. Inferring that people who leave become obsessed with trying to tear the church down and bring others out. Well, also, with that one episode we did in the spring, you said that, and it was like us, but as still, we were still in the church, and you were like, I don't understand why they can't just leave it alone, but now we understand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. True story. (laughs) Maybe I didn't understand what it felt like to have your, your own beloved family, your mom, your dad, your siblings... Believing you are now worse off eternally than a murderer for denying the faith that you once had. If my family takes issue with me sharing these things and wants to distance themselves from me, then that, in my opinion, represents powerful evidence of what is wrong with the foundation of the faith. We are not allowed to question. We are not allowed to a voice. Our voice is marginally diminished to that of a ventriloquist puppets. The church is our voice, as evidenced by the recent removal of the completely established name Mormon. I sure do feel bad for any active member that makes a slip-up during Sunday school and uses the word Mormon. But who could you blame? How could you blame them when just recently we had a massively funded I Am Mormon campaign coming from church headquarters itself? 
We have little kids who are absolutely getting emotionally harmed every single day in one-on-one bishops' interviews where they are asked sexually explicit questions, and it's still happening today, and yet the most pertinent revelation that we have (laughs) recently is a name change because there's just too much negative perception with the name Mormon, the very name of the book that we based our religion on. They tried to change this same thing about 15 years ago, and that flopped, just so you know. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doctrine teaches that Crystal and I are now designated as sons of perdition. We are doomed. We go to hell. Period. There's a lot of Mormons that I've talked to privately that disavow that doctrine. Nah. I don't believe that, Sean. You guys are such good people. That'll never happen. For me, personally, I have such a pragmatic nature and a literal sense of logic. I don't think you can selectively choose what doctrine you believe. I just learned of a man who was excommunicated because he didn't know, personally, he didn't know if President Russell M. Nelson is a true prophet of God today. He believes in Joseph Smith. He believes in the Book of Mormon, the entire restoration. He just hadn't had a personal witness of President Nelson. He had no other problems, no other sins, and he was excommunicated from the church. When I was 17 years old, I came across a book at my house. It was written by Joseph Fielding Smith. I still have that book. It's a really strong doctrinal book. I think it was called Doctrines of Salvation. Uh, In that book, I'm sure they talk about homosexuality. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but it does absolutely talk about things like birth control. And I remember 17 years old, I'm reading this book, and it's talking about birth control. And it wasn't easy on birth control. It essentially said that if you inhibit souls from coming to the earth, you're essentially damned. It didn't mince words. It was very strong language. What's interesting about that is the church has never withdrawn uh, that framework, that point of view. Uh, They've just decided over time that, okay, maybe we shouldn't talk about that anymore. And so bishops don't ask about it. It's just, you know, and, and yet all the Mormon women we know are all on birth control. And so... For, for someone like myself, this presents issues. Nobody wants to question the doctrine. Antiquated doctrine. Stuff that the leaders of the church changed or, or hid or pretended that it never happened, never existed. We hide stuff that makes us look bad or causes faithful members to question. I was molested when I was, twi- when I was 10 years old. Uh, by one of my best friend's dads, who happened to be a prominent um, a BYU professor and LDS filmmaker. Um, my parents thought they were doing the right thing. They took that to the church. They took that information to the church. And I'm upset to this day. Here I am, 38 years old, and I'm upset that the church did not report that to the proper authorities that this man was probably allowed to continue on perpetuating such things all this time. 
Here we live in Utah, home of the church and the most predominant LDS community in the world, and there's a lot of issues that we seem to uh, overlook or hide. We're tops in terms of antidepressant use. We're tops in terms of opioid abuse. We're tops as far as teen suicide, tops for plastic surgery, tops for porn use and porn addiction. In terms of modern faiths, the Mormon faith is tops in terms of persecution and and being hardest, uh, having the hardest stance on gays. I want to tell you about this. Um, when I was a teenager, um, the, the gay issue was so foreign to me, and I knew that the church taught that it was evil. That's all I knew. And... I want to tell you how much far I've come on the issue. Gay people are such good people. I mean, these people, my heart just bleeds for them. And crystals too, because we know so many gay people that are so good. And the church is willing to bend over time. You know, they used to say that nobody was born that way. And now they'll acknowledge that, oh, okay, we're going to acknowledge that you're born that way. But, you know, still, you can't act on it. It's a sin if you act on it. Crystal and I look at our, uh, each other and how much we love each other and how much fulfillment we feel from this relationship, and then we say, how would it be to live a life without love? <laughs> it's wrong. It is so wrong, and it has to change, and if it doesn't change, I believe the church will shrink. I absolutely do, because we have to come to the defense of these people, beautiful, wonderful people that some of the best people you'll ever meet in the world. Women's rights. I personally feel that of modern organizations, the LDS church is absolutely one of the hardest in terms of inequality amongst genders. Women hold hardly any significant positions in the church. A 12-year-old deacon has more power and authority than even probably the highest level, uh, you know, even the highest level that a woman could attain to. And I've seen it. And I will tell you, I work with a lot of women and predominantly I work with women. And I'll tell you that any organization that is predominantly run by men, you're going to have problems and we have problems. And I don't want to raise my daughters in that. I don't want my daughters to feel like they have to go through their husbands to get to God I don't want my daughters to feel like they're less than. I don't believe it, not for a second. And if you think there's not a problem in our church, then you are clueless. Why would there be a, a, a women's lib organization dedicated just to the Mormon church? Uh, empower women and, you know, there's all these different organizations and they just want women's... Did you know women couldn't even pray in general conference until just three years ago? What is that? I mean, doesn't that speak volumes? Just that alone? I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on on that issue alone. I believe that these issues are going to come to a head. I believe that the gay issue, literally, I believe that it will be, how would you say the keystone? I mean, I believe that what's going to happen is so many people are going to come to the defense of people in their families that are gay and they're not 
going to allow these sweet, wonderful people to feel judged and belittled and shamed, and they're not going to be okay with those people having to live a life without love. And I believe that either the church will embrace them wholeheartedly, and the church will grow. Otherwise, the church will double down, and the church will shrink. In fact, the church is shrinking, and I have statistics, I have evidence that proves it. Um, I've, you know, I'm not just saying that. And there's a lot of people leaving the church, believe it or not, and they're leaving because they feel that the church is not fundamental enough, that it's not orthodox enough. <laughs> they think that the church is ta- already taking it too easy on on gays and women and things of this nature. So, oh man, it's a crossroads. That's the way that I see it. It's a very big crossroads. Here's another thing. People like us are leaving. And I can promise you that women, that that families, loving families like my own, will not be okay with people like us being labeled good people with good values, being labeled as sons of perdition, damned, worse off than a murderer eternally. How, how are parents going to be okay with their children like me carrying that label and that designation? Crystal, do you have anything to add? I, these, are, these were the thoughts that I had on my heart, and uh, I just want to tell my family, um, if you listen to this and you think that I am in any way, shape, or form attempting to, to embarrass you, um, to make you feel like I don't love you, then that could not be further from the truth I am loyal to a fault. I'm just not loyal to the church anymore. I'm loyal to my family. It hurts when I feel like I have no respect. Here I am, you know, supposed to be a meaningful member of my own family, and and everyone says they're disappointed by me and embarrassed by me. I still love you, but that's hard to tolerate. That's hard to hear for anyone. Oh, I forgot one thing. Am I happier? (laughs) Am I happier? That was my one thing I forgot to talk about. I am so much different now outside. Um, I am so much less judgmental. I am so much more embracing of all different types of people and cultures and, and communities. I really feel a shift inside of me, and it feels so good and natural and inherent and innate. Um, I'm so excited about that. It's still hard, though. One of the re- another reason I didn't want to talk about this yet and wanted to give it some time is my entire world has been ripped apart. Um, I don't think, unless you know me very well, uh, you don't know how much I believe this. So I'll leave it at that, but the future's bright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a tough topic to address, and I know it's not something that we have to put out there but I don't know I think it just feels good to be able to speak your mind and to really just lay it all out there so I admire Sean's bravery and his boldness and I just hope uh we can move past this one day and I mean it's just just I think the the reason why we feel 
so compelled to share this is not only do we know a lot of people struggling with the same thing, but it is hard, the judgment and the assumptions that come when making such a choice. And so for us to be able to have this platform to share exactly what is going on our, in our minds and, and all the information that we now know of that we didn't know of before, it is hard not to share that because we just want to, we want to be able to defend ourselves, I guess, and to just explain. So there's our explanation. I also just wanted to share that I still feel the spirit and probably even more so than I have in many years being in the faith. I felt the spirit very strongly this morning as I was preparing these, these remarks. I felt the spirit so strong and it crossed my mind that, wait, <laughs> that's cool. You know, like I'm still worthy of that. And I want to say that the spirit, as they call it, as we called it, um, those feelings that come to us when we know that what we're doing is right and that it's good, that is not available exclusively to Mormon people. Um, and it's not available just limited in limited amounts, like I always thought, to people that aren't active in that faith. Um, those feelings that come from God, I believe, that tell us what, what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is, you know, I believe it's available to everybody. I don't believe we're better better than anybody. And I believe that, that God knows our heart. And so the Mormon church can't lay claim to that feeling. And they did. They absolutely did. As a Mormon missionary, I used to tell people, how do you feel about that? And they said, I, I feel good. And then I would say, that is the spirit confirming that this is true. What I was essentially saying was, that this is the only truth. And that's not true. That's fundamentally wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So for those of you out there that ever felt judged by me or um, that I didn't, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not proud of how I was for so many years. And I just want to say that, that I'm sorry for, for how I behaved. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. We will... I got another episode planned for next week, and I think this will conclude our whole faith transition episodes. I promise not we're not going to just keep talking about this, but I feel like we have set our peace, and now we can just move on, and I have a lot of really awesome, inspiring things I want to share with you. I also have some amazing guests planned, um, one of them being Candace Payne. I'm excited. She's coming up within the next couple of weeks. Um, if you don't know, I'm sure you have all seen her video that went viral a few uh, years ago, the um, Chewbacca Mom. So go look up Chewbacca Mom on YouTube and you will die laughing. Yeah, she'll warm things up. She is hilarious. I love her. And so I'm excited I get to interview her in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, you guys. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.